Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Beautiful. Beautiful. Everybody, beautiful. praise God. We just want to welcome everyone this morning. Thank yes. you for joining us for service today. We're excited. Our very own pastors, Leslie and Karen Hayes of the Freedom Christian Ministries are going to bless us with a dynamic word on today, a word from the Lord. Praise God as we're continuing on preparing people to meet Jesus. We Come thank on. God for his word and we thank God for them. We're Pastor Gary Phoebe Davis of Morgan Cup. Words for Christ Ministry. We want to send a shout out to Word in Congress, shout out to New Freedom Christian right. Ministry, and shout out to all those of you that are joining us via prayer line, via Facebook Live, via Castbox, via Podbean, via Twitter. Yeah. We welcome you all this morning. Thank you for joining in as we get ready. I'm telling you, get your I'm plate up. ready. I got my plate oh, ready. Come up. I got a backup so plate as well. <laughs> Ready to eat on this good word this yes. morning. Praise God. Amen. Thank, you, thank yes. you, Jesus. Truly thank God for everyone joining us this morning. Amen. What an awesome day. Praise be to God. To not only just start the day off, praise be to God, but to Come finish on. the day off. We truly thank God, amen, for our mother and father, amen, and spiritual word, amen. Pastor Lester, Pastor Sharon Hayes, praise be to God, amen, because God said in the book of Jeremiah chapter 3 and 15 that I would give you pastors out to my own heart amen. who would feed you with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. So we truly thank God, amen, that we continue to have this uh, availability, amen, yes. to have this access, this platform, praise be to God, for us to be able to deliver the word, amen. So excited about God delivering the word through the man and woman of God today, yes. amen. So no other further ado, amen. Just like to introduce, amen, our lovely pastors, amen. Pastors Sharon and Lester Hayes, God bless you. New Freedom Christian Ministry. Love y'all, amen. Take the mountain, y'all got it, amen. Run, 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 run. Love y'all, love y'all. Praise to praise. We give God glory and honor for this day. You know, it's just so wonderful to be here with everybody still serving the lord no matter what's going on i don't have any problems staying in the house with you baby i kind of like this uh form of the church and i just uh, pray to god that when the day comes that we get back in the building that you know I mean, you gotta admit, this way of having church, you don't have any drive time there, no drive time home. And it's just very comfortable being in your own home. But the bottom line is, we don't forget about God. We realize that he's still sitting up on the throne. We realize that Jesus is still our savior and we're still serving the all wise God the true and the living God. What an awesome, awesome privilege it is to know him, to be able to go to him. And today, um, like every other day, we want to serve him with everything we have. You know, we want to give honor to him with all our being, with all our strength, 
all our might. We want to love on him. I thank God for the praise and worship that went forth earlier. You know, it's all about him. It's all about raising up his name, edifying him. And so today, even though it's uh, Pastor Lester and my day to bring the word, well, what I'm going to do, because my husband has so much to share with you, I just want to start us out by refreshing us about what he spoke about this morning and on our six o'clock call. And it's going to be a continuation. Uh, the title of the message is God's Mind Over Matter. And, you know, you could throw in there, God's mind over our matters, because God is taking care of our matters. What matters to us is important to God. Now, that's me throwing that in there. And, uh, but Pastor Lester, he has a wonderful word from God. And this morning, he started us out in the book of Ecclesiastic, the 12th chapter. This morning we went through verses one through six. Well, he also brought up seven and I believe he's starting on seven today. But, you know, if you weren't on the line this morning, you can always go to the podcast and we'll give you that information later. I'm not gonna uh, go into um, the number and everywhere you go for that right now, but we will at the end. But I really wanna make way for Pastor Lester because I believe he has the word that will impact your life not just one person, not just two, but many lives. And uh, I believe it's a word sent from God. So without further ado, uh, if you'll go ahead and turn to the book of Ecclesiastic, the 12th chapter, be ready for this word because I'm telling you, it is a blessing in there for you. Uh, it is a, a blessing from God. So without further ado, uh, for some I present, for some I introduce, Pastor Lester J. Hayes, my dear, wonderful husband. Preach the word, Pastor. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'd like to greet all of you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I tell you, man, this is a great day. Uh, to be saved, amen, a great day to know the Lord, have a personal relationship with him, a working relationship, an active relationship. And I'm so excited today, especially to be saved with all that's going on around us. So I just want to greet all of you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's awesome. He's amazing. He's an incredible God. Amen. I said when he saved me, my God, you know, what a task that he saved me, man, because I was lost. Amen. And I take it personally. And so I uh, just want to share that with you all because salvation is so incredible. I want to honor my wife today. Thank God for her who partnered uh, with me when God saved us. He saved us together uh, and ordained us as pastors. Amen. Plural pastors, not a first lady, elect lady, but pastors less than Sharon Hayes. We are the pastors of New Freedom Christian Ministry and overseers of More Than Conquerors Warriors with our Firstborn, Pastor Phoebe, and our son-in-law, Pastor Eric, also pastors, plural, amen, of more than Conquered Warriors of Christ Ministry. And we're so thankful, amen, uh, that kind of uh, is a part of our awesome leadership team, along with our ministers, Minister Smith and Minister Biggles, 
Uh, you know, and we, we just love the Lord. We just want everybody to know him personally. And we are a non-denomination ministry. We're not about denomination. We're about preaching and teaching sound doctrine and let the Holy Ghost do the convicting and, and whatever he's going to do when the word goes forth. The Bible said it will not come back void. That's in the book of Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11, the King James Bible. So we're very excited about this opportunity because we believe God is moving by his spirit and we want to move with God. Amen. And we believe God is yet revealing the plan of salvation to all those out there. Uh, we have a targeted audience when we minister the word and teach the word, which is the lost souls that are out there, the backsliders who God is married to, the prodigal sons and daughters that have gone out here in this world, man, and fallen into hard times and riotous living and whatnot and finding out that this life experience out there in the world, man, is not what God has planned for us. Amen. It's foolishness to God. And uh, there are those immature Christians that we believe that if they continue to desire the sincere milk of the word, thereby they'll grow. And then there's those mature Christians out there, particularly because they've been in the church 60 years and have a reserved seat over there in the, in the amen corner, that they are mature enough to know what time it is when it comes down to what, what, God is, uh, what God's will is and plan is for people. And so we want to be able to target those artists and anyone else out there, man, that have a hunger and a thirst for the word of God. Uh, we thank God for giving us this platform that when the, when the building closed, God bought the church outside and set us on this platform eight months ago and told us to continue to distribute the word of God. Amen. And he, he added to us an audience out there, 45 plus platforms. This is going out all over the world. And I tell you, we're so blessed to have this opportunity. Uh, clergy, any pastors out there right now that's waiting to get back in the building, hey, bring the church outside the building. God did and began to use the platform, man, to get the word out. It's all about feeding the sheep. And so you, you, we have capability, man, to be able to continue to preach the word, amen, because we might not ever get back in the building, but the church is not the building. The church building saves nobody. Come on, somebody. Nobody's saved by the church. The word of God, when it, when it is preached, that is the power of God and the salvation. And so we still got to continue to feed God's sheep because we love God, and he's given us this wonderful opportunity to do that. So we're excited about what God is doing, amen, and uh, just want to open with a word of prayer, and then we'll get into this word. Father, we just thank you this morning. We praise you this morning for this opportunity. Now, Lord, we thank you for sending us the word of wisdom today that we can live by. We believe, God, that we ask for wisdom. You'll give it to us liberty. We ask for it now, not only for us, but all those that are hearing this word today, some for the first time, some for the, uh, the time, Lord God. But, Father, we just thank and praise that faith comes by hearing and hearing by your word. So give ears to hear right now. Eyes to behold and see one of the things in your plan of salvation. And our heart, Lord God, to be conformed and transformed by the renewing of our mind through the word of God. We claim victory over it right now in Jesus' name. And, Father, we give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. Let your will be done now as we pray together right now. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In the earth as it is in heaven, give us this day, Lord, our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debt to us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, Holy Ghost, I ask you to hide me and to have your way today. In the name of Jesus, take this word and enlighten it that people may be able to understand that they can be able to apply this word to their lives as we go forth today. We thank you for this word. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, then again, like I said, welcome to this this awesome uh, call this morning, uh, you know, worship service. Thank God for that awesome praise and worship this morning. It was awesome. And we always like to say that the song come forward, man, and beat the enemy up so that the word can go forward. Amen. And so the path has been cleared. And I believe that somebody this morning in the praise got a touch from God. I believe some healing fell down on you this morning. I believe, man, some doors got open this morning. 
and because you were on for the praise and worship. And I believe that there were some things blown up by the praise and worship that you're not going to have to deal with. Amen. Because when God inhabits that praises, I do believe, and I can't document this, but I do believe that blessings do come down. Whatever you need, I believe your praise opens the window even wider for God to spew you out a blessing that you don't have room enough to receive it. Because all the things that you offer God is not always going to be money. It's not always going to be time. It's going to be sometimes your talent, giving it back to God, your praise, your worship, giving it back to God. You want to tithe on everything. You want to tithe on your talents, your skills, your singing ability, throwing your hands in the air, everything that you find your hands find to do. You ought to do it all to the glory of God. Amen. So I believe because of that, if you lifted your hands this morning, you'll do a blessing. Amen. That they were praising and worshiping God. So receive that blessing this morning if you participated. And come back on next Sunday and, and, and do the same thing and get you a double blessing. Amen. God is all about blessing us. Amen. And so I want to speak this morning as uh, we, we were on this morning at 6 a.m. And again, uh, this, is, this is the second part of what we started this morning. You can go on the podcast, Anchor and uh, access what we said this morning. Uh, my wife kind of touched on a little bit. We were in the book of Ecclesiastes, the 12th chapter, and uh, kind of went through verses uh, one through six, and I kind of touched on verse seven. So I'm gonna pick up right there today and kind of get through this. But how this message came to be, I wanna preface it with this. And again, my, my subject today is, is God's mind over matter, amen. We have a lot of matters going on out there right now, amen. The Bible says, cast your cares upon God because he cares for you. And the word cares can also be concerned, be considered as matters, matters that we face. And we know right now we got the Black Lives Matter movement. We got the coronavirus matters going on right now. We got corrupt politicians matter going on right now. There's a lot of matters that concern us. And we're going to define that word today so you understand what matters are. But the Bible lets us know in the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, I think the last verse of the verse 13, it says that, you know, only what we do for God is what's going to matter in the end. That's the only thing that's going to count. Amen. And so these are the matters that we really, really want to be concerned about or investing in. Those things that, that matter with God. Because we have all these other matters that are going on that are so consuming right now. I got people so consumed. And how this message came to be, uh, came to fruition, the other morning my wife and I was out doing our early morning uh, four-mile walk. And uh, as we were coming back, we hit that last incline. Uh, we got about a, a four-mile route out there, and it's got a lot of uh, different elevation changes. And we were coming back, and I, I saw she was laboring a little bit. And God bless her. We've been walking now for almost a month and a half, and she has not missed a, a step yet. And so she wasn't about to miss one then. So when we hit that last slope, you know, and I looked over there, too, and I said, you know what? Uh, I, I remember, man, when I was growing up, man, and they used to always say, Mind over matter, you know, and I said, you know, when I was in school playing sports, mind over matter, suck it up, drive on, you, you don't, you don't, uh, you don't mind, and it don't matter, you know, and, and all through the military, 30 years, even when I was a drill sergeant, I used to tell my soldiers that, mind over matter, suck it up, you know, keep on picking them up, and before you know it, we had, we had conquered whatever that task was, and so before you know it the other morning, she had made it all the way, man, back to the house, man, and we stretched up and got out. Our, our protein shake, man, and we were good to go. And we went again this morning after we got off the prayer call and knocked out four miles. And it's becoming easier and easier and easier. And so there's a lot of validity and a lot of truth to mind over matter. Amen. And we're going to take a look at that. And then we're going to go to another level with this thing that God dropped in my spirit when I got back home and began to do some research to see if this really was this just a quote or was this biblical? Had this been documented? 
And uh, I'm going to share with you some of the things, and I'm going to keep sharing until I exhaust the subject. Uh, maybe not all today, but there'll be other parts to this right here. Tomorrow morning at 6, I'll cover some more of it. So you just keep coming back till you get all of it because I believe it's going to be a blessing to you. So let's deal with this thing, mind over matter. This quote that was given years ago, back in 1863, a gentleman made this quote. And it is, is it just language, this quote, mind over matter? Or is there something more to be revealed in this quote or gained from such language or such words? Mind over matter, uh, in my research, I found that it is a popular phrase with paranormal, spiritual, and philosophical uses, you know. Uh, mind over matter is a phrase that has been used in several contexts, uh, such as mind-centric spiritual doctrines, psycho uh, psychology, uh, and also in philosophy. And uh, in the dictionary, the Marian Dictionary, Webster Dictionary, it defines mind as the element or complex of elements in an individual that feels, perceives, thinks, wills, and especially reasons things. And it's like mind over matter as it is able to, in a situation in which someone is able to control their physical condition, a problem they're dealing with by using their mind. And so that's how I grew up with this, with this quote, you know, mind over matter, using that mind to try to perceive that finish line. And before you know it, bam, you're there, you know. And that's how life is with us sometimes. You know, mind is very powerful, you know, very, very powerful. Uh, again, this, this phrase was originated by a guy by the name of Sir Charles Lyell, lived back in the 1700s, 1797 through 1875. And he was the first person to use this and to refer to this. You know, it may be said so far from having this materialistic tendency or supposed introduction into the earth as successful geological periods of life, sensation, instinct, the intelligence and of the higher um, uh, capacity of man to think beyond, you know, the reality that you're dealing with or the pain of the suffering of the physical, whatever you're dealing with, to think above it and beyond it, amen, is kind of what his concept or his idea was for this, uh, bordering on the ability to reason within yourself, uh, you know, lastly, to, um, to uh, envision where you want to be and how you're going to get there versus envisioning where you're at, using your mind to envision, you know, how you want it to end, you know, what you want to take place, and then uh, before you know it, it's mind over matter. You've already done it. But that means that your mind uh, has the ability to put you in a place uh, before you physically arrive in that place. Amen. And so I thought it was so um, interesting to know that, that this term, man, carries a lot of psychological weight to it. And because uh, there's always a battle for the mind. I don't care if you're dealing with physical things. I don't care if you're dealing with spiritual things, financial things, political things. There's always a battle for the mind. You know, always a battle for the mind, you know. And what we have to do as Christians is let the only wise mind of Jesus Christ be also in us. That's the key right there. God's mind is the only mind over matter that matters and really works consistently. No other mind works like God, you know. And that's the mind that we want to be in us. Amen. If, amen. So let me go up here now and get my. My, 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 my scripture, uh, amen, in the book of Ecclesiastes, the 12th chapter, I want to pick up at verse uh, 7, where we left off at this morning. 
And again, that's the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 12. We went through verses 1 through 6 this morning, and today I'm going to finish up verses 7 through 14. And, uh, you know, I'll read verse 6. It says, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God <coughs> who gave it. So these first six verses right here is talking about starting early in life to, to, to try to build your mind, to try to, you know, develop yourself for what's going to happen at the end of life. You know, life is going to end, earthly life is going to end for all of us somewhere down the road, and there's going to be a separation. That means we're going to separate spiritually from this physical life. We're going to live forever spiritually because the body is made up of three dimensions. You got the body, you got the soul, you got the spirit, you know. And, you know, our mind is not our brain. Our mind is the intellect of our soul. Okay, how we think, how we feel, just like we just got through talking about that psychological part of us, you know, has to be addressed. And so somewhere down the road, a lot of us are going to meet with that faith and there's going to come a time where that cord is going to be broken and we're going to separate from this body and it's going to go back to the earth from where it came. And then our, 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 our souls are going to live forever. That's why Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. And so we got to get that mind right there and we got to get prepared for that because just like the scripture just said, there's coming a time, man, when that cord is going to be broken and my spirit is going to separate from my body. Amen. And if my soul is not saved, you know, this is why right now the, the, the spirit of God is the intellect of your soul. It teaches your soul how to live saved. That's why Jesus came to seek and to save it. That soulish realm, that realm where your feelings are at, where your emotions is at. Okay, that's what he came to save. Because if you follow your feelings and your emotions sometimes, you might not ever make it up that hill. Because your feelings will tell you, man, I'm tired. Man, that hill is just, and you, you, you know, and if you don't overcome that with your mind and think that you can, you'll be consumed by it. And that's the same thing, man, in the spiritual world. Amen. We gotta look beyond these current situations, these light afflictions, and see the coming glory of God. Because there's coming that time where we're gonna separate from these bodies. And then we're gonna be totally spirit. We'll be able to be with God. We'll see God. Why? Because this corruption is gonna put on incorruption, this mortality is gonna put on immortality. We're gonna get a new body. That's the only way we're gonna see God. That's the only way we're gonna see Jesus. And then we're gonna be just like him. That's how we're gonna be the sin. So that's what that, uh, that verse is talking about right there, the planning for that time. And the preacher that wrote this letter, we, we like to credit it to Solomon. I'm not 100% sure, but all the, all the research says that Solomon is responsible for this. And I think he was writing to young people. Now, you can debate that if you want to. Not only just young people in age, but young people in understanding, you know, like who in the spirit. Young people who don't understand how to prepare now for what is coming because that separation is going to fall on all of us. And so I think it's just people who are young in their understanding, immature Christians, lost people don't know how important it is to be saved. I think he was addressing all those categories when he wrote this and people that are, are, are physically young in age. Our young people right now, man, need all the intervention and help that they can get. And I pray and hope they have access to this word. I pray and hope they have access to what was said this morning. You know, it's because it's, this message right here covers everybody from the time you're born to the time you die. And that's what he's saying right there. Matter of fact, he says right in verse one, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. Whatever category you fall into, you know, if you're immature, young in it, in age or understanding, look at what he said. Just remember your creator now. You know, when you hit that point where you think you don't understand, just remember your creator now at that point, you know, while the evil days come not. Okay, we it hadn't happened yet. You know, we haven't died yet. 
You know, we haven't, God hasn't put more on us than we're able to handle yet. So the days are evil, but they're not that evil. They still can be redeemed, you know. And so let's drop down here, man, and see how Solomon transitioned right here from talking to the young people out there, the ones that are not prepared, you know, to get ready, stay ready, not yet. You know, we got to have that wisdom. We got to have, we got that wisdom, uh, that mind over matter wisdom, you know, my understanding, far as I can go, you know, my, my love power, my love strength. But what about that that comes by the Spirit of God that we have not yet tapped into? See, that's where God's mind over matter comes in at. And he says, anything else that we do, look at what he transitioned and says right here. Vanity of vanities. You know, saith the preacher, all this vanity, my little understanding, anything I can come up with, my little carnal mind, you know, my little PhD, my little doctoral degree, my little preacher certificate, my little whatever, my little, my little college education. None of that will help me spiritually when it comes down to these matters. You know, but it's good to have in this world I live in to get me through this world. But God said, look, worldly wisdom is foolishness to God anyway. Doesn't reach that spiritual level. And, and Solomon understood that. He said, it's vanity of vanity. And I'm not telling nobody to go drop out of school. I have a, 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 a couple of college degrees, you know. But I don't use them right now for this. I use the help of the Holy Spirit. He the one that helps me because a carnal mind cannot discern the things of God. And at best, you know, we're in education. At best, that's, that's as far as you're going to be able to get. You got to have the Holy Ghost these days, man, to discern these things that are spiritual. And the word of God is spiritually discerned. A carnal mind cannot discern it. I'm sorry about that. You know, but that's what he's saying. Got to have the mind of Christ in us. He goes on to say, say if the preacher, all this vanity, and moreover, because the preacher was wise. So you got to be wise, my preacher. That's how we're going to make it. That's how we're going to be able to withstand in these, in these trying times when these days are evil. This is how we're going to be able to redeem these times. This is how we're going to be able to feed God's sheep. This is how we're going to be able to give them something to eat. We got to be wise preachers. We got to understand the message that we're giving them. The whole Bible is the wisdom of God. Jesus Christ is the personification of the wisdom of God. He is the living word of God. And so we got to preach Jesus as the next season and out of season. You know, because he is, he is the wisdom of God. He said, he still taught the people knowledge. We got this coronavirus matter going on. We got Black Lives Matter going on. We got politics matter going on. We got everything going on. Darkness on the earth right now going on. People are dying going on. Increase of, of, of lives right now going on. We got rumors of wars going on. All these matters. All these cares that we have. We're so consumed with them. But look at what we are called to continue to do, preacher. He said he still taught the people knowledge because Hosea 4 and 6 takes it to a whole nother level. He said this is why we perish for a lack of knowledge, spiritual understanding. God said if you like wisdom, ask me, book of James, and I will give it to you liberally. But in all you're getting, get some understanding. <clears throat> we can't fix these spiritual problems by doing physical stuff. You can pass all the physical laws you want. But until you understand that our battle is not against flesh and blood, fire the president, put somebody else in there. What's going to happen when they run into problems? When they have moral collapse and ethical standards that are being uh, corroded and decayed? What happens when they fall from grace? What happens when they fall from that, 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 that high place, that, that, that place of, of, of moral purity? You know, no. And so it doesn't matter what man does. What matters is this. What is God's mind concerning these matters? 
That's what we got to invest in, you know. And he says, you know, the preacher still got to teach knowledge. Yay. He gave good heed and sought out and set in order many proverbs. When I got back home the other morning, that thing was burning and resonating in me. So I went straight to my research lab and I started researching. I wanted to know, is this thing documented in the Bible? And that's when the Lord began to let me know. He said, look, in the book of Philippians, the second chapter, verse five, did you not understand? I said, let this mind be also in you that was in Christ Jesus. No other way you're going to think his thoughts. No other way our thoughts are going to come in agreement and line up with his will. I got to first let this mind that was in Christ Jesus be also in us. Okay, in us. What was that mind? His mind was, it is my meat to always do the will of him that sent me. And as he was doing that, God always gave him what he needed. God always gave him what he needed. He fed him. He approved of him. He anointed him. And so, you know, it, 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 it starts right there with what is written. And he goes on and says, and that which was written was upright, even words of truth. That's why God wants us to know the truth. And the truth make us free. Jesus said that in the book of John when he was teaching his disciples. He came full of grace and truth. What else he was going to teach? <clears throat> he taught what he was full of. Most time preaching, we're going to preach what we're full of. And if we're full of love for filthy lucre, that's what we're going to teach. If we beggars, we're going to beg. That's what we're going to teach. We're going to raise up a house full of people that's going to go on begging. And God help them minister that you were dang when I mean they're they going to go out thinking that that's what they're supposed to be doing. Aggressively begging for filthy lucre. Hiring. And when the wolf come, the sheep scatter. They ain't got nothing to stand on. There's no foundation been laid. Wolf don't care nothing about your money. He wants some sheep. And so he goes on to say that even the word of truth, he says the words of the wise are as goads. You know what that is, right? It's that, it's that yoke around your neck. When you got truth and you got grace and you yoke with it, there's nothing can pull you apart. That's why he said grace and truth meets every morning. That's the yoke. That's the goad. They meet and they yoke you up. That's why every morning we're giving you this word of truth. So you can get yoked up. That's why every morning we're telling you, new mercy, grace and truth meet together every morning. And when you're listening to it and you're hearing it, there's grace that's sufficient for you. <clears throat> you know, it's sufficient for you as sin is abounding. God's grace is much more abounding. You know, keeping us yoked up so that we don't get pulled into temptation and give in. And he goes on to say, and as nails fastened by the masters of assembly. I can just see it now, man. Every time we publish in this word in the morning, on Sunday mornings, and, and when you open it up and read it yourself, I can just see those nails, man, just rooting and grounding you. You're not going to be shaken loose so easy with, with trials and matters and issues. Because you're rooted and grounded. You've been nailed down to this word. And this word been nailed down to you. It's been fastened to you tucked away, hidden in your heart, in your mind, in your mouth, near you. And as you mature, you and the word become one. You know, he said, look at it. Fast into the masters of assembly. We doing a great work. Except the Lord build the house. Everybody laboring in vain is trying to build it. 
trying to come in with your righteousness and your philosophy and your uh, tradition that make the glorious gospel of no effect. You, that, that, that stuff is not going to hold anything. But when you nail yourself down to this word and get fastened to this word, storms will come. You ain't going nowhere. You'll be like the trees of Lebanon. You might bend, but you're not going to break because your roots are wrapped down. They're fastened to the rock of your salvation, which is Jesus Christ. And you got to renew your mind. And you got to let the mind of Christ Jesus be also in you. All of us got to do that. If we plan on <coughs> being able to weather these storms. He said, which are given from one shepherd. Not a whole bunch of folks out there. You got 4,200 different denominations out there right now preaching some type of gospel. But there's only one gospel. There's only one shepherd. He's a good shepherd. He laid down his life for the sheep. You know. Highland is different. Howling when the wolf come, get that last paycheck and get out of town. Might lie and tell you God told them to leave because they can't do no more work there. They try to be like Jesus, try to slip that in on you because that's what Jesus said. But that ain't what's in their heart. That's just a way out. And Jesus said, I'm the way in. Come on, you can't get to the Father, you can't get to heaven unless you go through him. He is the living word of God, the incarnated word of God made flesh. See, the word of God brings you into the family. Now, you, you know, your, 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 your tradition brings you out when you're ready to leave. Because you ain't obligated to nobody. See, this thing about marriage, that's, that's, that's the covenant. When you take on this word, it's about marriage. This is about, Lord, I'm with you to the end. You, know, you ain't going to forsake me. I ain't going to forsake you. He married. To, I'm telling you, he is, God is about marriage. If you take on this word, you enter into a covenant that he's going to establish in every generation. That's his mind. That's his mind. That's God's mind. That he, he wants a permanent relationship. He wants a full-time relationship. He don't want you loving and being aligned and, and no allegiance to nobody or no trust in nobody or no confidence in nobody or not no man, not no system, not no money, not no material thing, no car, no house, no boyfriend, no girlfriend, no cat, no dog, no horse, no snake. They got pet snakes now. God don't want you put no confidence in. You can get 20 pit bulls and, and, and walk the street with them and thank you for checking. Somebody come along with some mace and take all of them out. And so don't put no trust and confidence in them things, you know. Put it in God, you know. Put it in God. He said, and further by these, my son, be admonished of making many books. There is no end, okay? Sometimes we're not satisfied with the Bible, so we go chasing after the greatest author that came up with the greatest book title. That's what a lot of Christians are doing. They're leaving away from the word of God because they said, I don't understand the King James Bible. I don't understand all them deeds and thousands. And ask God for understanding. He told you, man, when you get, get understanding. You know, that's the only reason you pass by this treasure. If he said thou was here talking about himself and talking about you, I don't understand what's so hard about it. But see, you got to have the mind of Christ so you'll understand and discern what he's talking about. That's what Solomon, he said, Solomon, tell me what you want. Book of First King, the third chapter, King James Bible. He said, Solomon, tell me what it is you want. Solomon said, I, I want to be able to have some wisdom to discern between what is right and what is wrong. I got to govern the affairs of these people that you don't put me king over. 
you know. You can scale that down to your household, your marriage, any relationships in, but preacher, who he's saying right here, preachers teach this, this gotta be taught, you know, so that we'll be able to discern between what is right and what is wrong. We need God's divine wisdom. Why? Because you can't currently skip by this stuff. You can't currently understand it. You've got to have your mind renewed to the things of God. Can't be conformed to the things of this world. You can't go out here, man, and get you a PhD and a doctoral degree unless it's in the seminary or something. Then you're only going to, at best, you're going to have a theological understanding. Theological understanding don't necessarily mean that you have a spiritual understanding. You got to have the Holy Ghost that have a spiritual understanding. Your mind got to be renewed by the things of the Spirit. Because you're still going to fall short when you got to discern this word. Only the Holy Ghost can help you do that. And he goes on to say here, man, he says, you know, um, these books, there's no end. Everybody buying. I'm going to get this book. I'm going to get that book. I'm going to get this book. He got a new book out. You get all these books, and before you know it, you got no time for the word. Go to a conference. Get my product off the table right there. I'm going to give you a discount. <coughs> Y'all load up. Big old shopping bag full of books. No, you're not going to read all of them. And he goes on to say right here, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. You trying to read all them books and understand it, and half of them ain't got no scripture in them. It's a weariness to you. It weighs you down. You know, because that ain't God talking. That's that man or that woman. God bless them for writing that book. I'm going to write a couple of them. But I'm never going to tell you to get my book over the Bible. And I'm not going to write no book to try to replace the Bible. I'm just going to write a book about my life experience and how God took me through a transition and give him all the credit in my book. You know, and so he goes on to say right there, man, you know, he said that much study is the weariness of the flesh. And, you know, you reading all them books, man, all you're doing is feeding the flesh and, and, and wearing your flesh out and getting tired and falling asleep. You can't even pray. You can't even get up, get on the prayer line. You're so tired and read all them books and don't understand nothing in there. Because you're trying to find something that ain't there. And he said, let us hear the conclusion of the matter. Here it is. Let us hear the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of a man. Complete duty of a man. Only thing that matters in the end. This is the only thing that's going to count in the end. This is our whole duty. Now we're in there that said, read the next you know, bestseller. Nowhere in there to say buy all the product off the table at the next conference. <clears throat> Nowhere in there to say it was required reading to read all them books by your greatest apostle and prophet more than you read the word of God. The word of God is what's going to profit us the most. Spend more time in your Bible and get you a Holy King's James Bible. That gets you as close to the original. Get one of them 1611 books. When the Martin Luther types with the chain referencing, and then get you a Strong's Concordance, and then get you a Companion Bible with all them uh, them appendices, get you a Smith Dictionary, get the tools you need to be able to get you a Hebrew and a, and a, and a, and a, a book that understands with Hebrew and Chaldean, you know, and, and Aramaic and Greek language. You really want to understand. That's how you're gonna renew the mind of Christ in you. That's the hope right there we should have. 
That's the only way. You, you're not going to circumvent it. You ain't going to skip around it. A conference not going to do that for you. But dedicated, committed, devoted study time unto the Lord as a workman who need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Right. Cutting it straight. Yeah. Getting that treasure, milking it. Design that sincere milk of that word that thereby ye may grow for the Peter. Then he goes on to say, for this is the whole duty of a man, you know, for God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. That's in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12. I just went over verses 7 through 14. So let's talk about God's mind just for a minute, you know. I, I, I want to talk about God's mind. I want to talk about what it means to, to, for God's mind to be over matters. I want to talk about matters so you understand what they really look like in the proper context. But right now, I want to deal with God's mind because this is what we just need to desire. God's mind to be my mind, be in my mind. Let his mind be in my mind. Let his mind be my mind. Let the mind of Christ be also in us. This is how we're going to get through this dark, desolate time that we're living in where the days are evil. This is how we're going to be able to redeem that time and get it back. Yeah. I got to have God's wise thoughts. I got to have God's divine wisdom. I got to think like God. I got to let my thoughts come in agreement with his will, just like Jesus when he came to this earth. He emptied himself of everything he had with the Father, and he came here fully human, son of man, down through 42 generations, you know, to live like a man so he could fulfill everything that man was going to be challenged to fulfill as a man or woman on this earth, as a human uh, creature. And the only thing he had was this, his father's meat, his father's will. He said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. So he had God's thoughts packaged up in him. He had God's perspective packaged up in him. He came and taught the kingdom of God. He taught them what the kingdom of God was going to be about. In other words, he taught them about how his father was going to do things. He taught to them about how his father was going was to solve problems and how he was going to turn things around and fix things. He taught them about where to turn to when you got a problem. Even the ones that were poor in spirit, even the ones that was hell raisers, he made them peacemakers. He taught them because he had the mind of God, even though he was living as a man. We can have the mind of God, even though we live in here as men and women. Listen to what he said about God's mind. It says, there is no beauty here to be desired or described in the way that we look at God away from his word. A lot of people look away from God's word, but you got to look to God's word to see God. You can't look to these other books. I don't care what the night title, the person that wrote it. I don't care how fancy the title sound, the quote. You know, I don't care who is data dedicated to. You can't look away from God's word to those books, man, and place more importance or give them, you know, a preeminence in your life over the word of God. But in a certain knowledge and attitude that we believe or possess and believe about him and accept about him by faith, therefore, we obediently submit to him, our Lord, God, and sovereign creator. Here's how we do it, y'all. 
here's the transformation in thought, in word, in deeds, in godly behavior, in spiritually mature conduct. Jesus was fully man. Never did he disappoint his father. He gave up the right to say no and turn back in the garden the night before he was taken. The book of Luke chapter 24, I think it's verse 49, King James Bible, when he said, Father, if it be thy will, take this bitter cup from me. But nevertheless, that was the point of no return right there. At that point right there, he didn't, he didn't mind and it didn't matter anymore. He was all in. That was his solitary moment to back out of the state for the course. That's why he said, I'm married to the backslider. I was doing that for you. I'm married to the prodigal sons and daughters. I did that for you. Immature Christians, I did that for you. Mature Christians, I did that for you. Lost souls, I did that for you. I went all in. And that's a solitary experience for all of us, but we need God's mind to be able to do it. We need his thoughts to just bombard our thoughts and rule out failure, rule out quitting, rule out giving up <coughs> or giving in. Got to have that right knowledge, that right attitude. It's a certain knowledge. Jesus wants us to know it, and we want it to make us free. The only thing that can. The book of John, chapter 8, verse 32, he said, I will that you know the truth and that the truth make you free. It renews your mind to the things of God. And if the Son sets you free, the one who had the mind of Christ, mind of God when he was on this earth, then you're free indeed. Only can do it by faith. Obediently submit to him through our thoughts, our words, our deeds, our godly behavior and our spiritually mature conduct. It is accomplished by letting the mind of God be also in us. <clears throat> that word let means you got to relinquish your cup, your will, for his will. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The book of Philippians, chapter 2, verse 5, King James Bible. You know, this uh, is a regeneration process that begins, you know, starts with a conversion. Starts with growth that follow and maturing process and all believers who come to him in faith. Come on, in faith. Got to believe that God is who he said he is. Got to believe God's going to do what he said he's going to do. Takes faith to do that. Reliance, confidence, trust, hope, dependence in him. I ain't never seen him, but I know what he said. I know he's faithful that promise. He ain't no man that he should lie. When he saved you, you saved. When he healed you, heal. Even when you're broke, you can say you're rich because you are rich in him. You know, if you're sick, you can say you're healed because he said by his stripes you heal. Yeah. And it takes faith to believe that, you know. you know. However, in the case of the unwise servants of God, due to their ignorance and lack of knowledge and wisdom and understanding of God's will, purposes and plan of salvation, it is unfortunate that there is no growth of God's mind in ours. Where many will in, in, well-intended saints struggle or fall short way too often. No matter how long you've been saved, if you didn't do nothing to renew your mind early on, you know, that's how that chapter started out, talking about early on. And some of us joined the church, got baptized, and that's all we know. 
Anybody say anything to you? All you say, well, I know all I know is I've been baptized. I'm going to die and go to heaven. But you got to endure to the end to be saved. You know, you got to learn how to do that. You know, got to learn how to do that. God's will. He says, um, purpose and plan of salvation. It is unfortunate that there is no growth of God's mind in ours where many well-intended saints struggle or fall short way too often. God's mind, listen to this now, God's mind, just like ours, is more than a lot of enticing, seductive, philosophical arguments and debates and words of the tradition of men and their excellency of speech and persuasive rhetoric that makes the glorious gospel of no effect. There's some folks, man, can talk you out your shoes outside the church, but there's some inside the church can talk you out of your rent money. My mom and them just said to get the gal. They got the language, but they don't have the character. They don't have the light. They don't have the fear of God. That's why they can aggressively keep begging and you keep giving. You know. That's why the Bible said, you know, hey, you know, beware of the righteousness of the Pharisees. Beware of that leaven, and leaven is the whole lump. You got to have the mind of Christ so you can be able to discern these things. You can know better, you know. If it sounds like a lie, probably a lie. If it sounds too good to be true, that might be true. You know, you just got to be able to discern. Got to let that mind be in you, you know. Very persuasive people out there these days. And a lot, when they dress up in them suits and have that hair fixed, man. Every hair, mustache in check, man. Got them beautiful robes on. You know, I, I mean, boy, they take it all out now. I got big robes, big old gold crosses on now. I mean, they're doing a lot of things to impress people, to get people to believe. They think that's anointing. They think that's anointing. Got a robe, every different color. Do communion. You got to go put on a, a lavender colored robe. You come back and put on a red and white robe, you know, because the blood of Jesus. They change robe for everything. Never seen nothing like it. And people think that's anointing. You know, got to have 15 people standing around the sacraments, lift up the sheet, all that ceremony, ritualistic stuff. And people get caught up in that. You know, got to wash your hands in the basin and put gloves on. When the Lord said, do this in remembrance of me, they forget that part. Let a man examine himself. Got people in there in sin taking, taking the sacrament. We don't touch on that. You know, we go through the ritual. We go through the ceremony. Don't do no time to let people examine themselves because we don't have the mind of Christ. When Jesus went in the temple of his father, he saw what was going on in there. He cleansed that place. He cleansed because he had the mind of his father. He said, you would not make my father's house a den of thieves, merchandise. It would be a house of purity, a house of power, a house of prayer, and a house of perfected praise. Not this stuff we throwing up in his face now. No wonder we can't get back in the building. Think it's being purged and cleansed right now because God, you know, was provoked to jealousy because it wasn't about him anymore. It was about your preacher. It was about your apostle, your prophet, you know, your prophetess. My church. Our church. All this competition. And it should have been about people on their faces crying out to God, you know, for him to come and break that thing off of you. Let me tell you something. You know, 
and, 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 and I want you to understand this. We live in a cursed world right now that is yet to be restored. I believe we, we're serving in churches right now that God got out against them because they're yet to be restored. We let so much tradition in there. We let so much ceremonialism in there. We got all this other stuff going on in the body of Christ now, trying to perform our way into holiness. Dressing up, you know, ministers of Satan, dressing up, man, like ministers of light. No, they got some character problems. I ain't trying, I'm telling you. And God said, I want you to have my mind. You know, my mind is orderly, well organized, his thoughts, he ain't all over the place. He knows the end of a thing at the beginning of a thing. God knows exactly how to get the results. And so he wants his mind to be in us. We want to come up with what we want to do, you know, what we want to do. Our bodies, okay, our own very bodies, okay, you know, need to be restored. He's restoring mine right now. I did some things, put some things in my body, man, ate some stuff I shouldn't have. And God's restoring my physical body. I'm out walking right now, trying to be healthy. Not finna be 400 pounds up in on pulpit, man. I can only preach, man, a whole verse for two minutes, and I'm out of breath. But I'm trying to tell you how to live. And gluttony weighing me down. You know, he's saying that, you know, the world right now needs Jesus. Until we get Jesus, it cannot be restored. America right now is lost and need to be saved by the Savior while we pray for her. She needs God's way of doing things. She needs God's mind. She needs God's wisdom. You know, trying to run a government without God's wisdom you can't govern the affairs of God's people without God's wisdom. Just ain't going to happen. And he's saying that, you know, he's letting us know that these traditions and all that, if we don't do something uh, real uh, urgent about fixing it, guess what? We'll repeat the same old mistakes. We'll have more hate. We'll have more of the same old thing, which we see in it repeating itself now. You know, my hat goes out to uh, Congressman John Lewis, 80-year-old warrior, fought a good fight, a man of faith. But he's gone now, just like a bunch of the rest of them. And guess what? We're right back where we were. I hate to say all of his work was in vain. But I heard that man talk about his faith in God. And it got him through 80 years of that struggle. And so we can acknowledge his politics, but we better acknowledge his God. We don't talk about that. We just talk about his struggle. We talk about what he did on the bridge. We talk about what a force he was, what a voice he was. We don't talk much about his God. He talked about his God. I heard it. You know, we want his political philosophies. We want to wear those like some kind of badge of honor, like we knew him. We want to flash all the photo ops I had with him. But I saw some moments where he acknowledged God. That's so how he was able to get along with whites and blacks and, 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 and people of color, brown-skinned people. It was his, 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 his foundation was he stood on his faith in God. Early on in his life, when he was, he was going to college, he went to the seminary. He might have graduated with a degree. 
you know, wanted to be a preacher. And I think he did preach. Just had a different platform. So we're going to acknowledge him. Let's really acknowledge what really helped the man to live to be 80 years old and fight that freedom fight he fought. It was his relationship with God, I believe. Let's give God some credit for keeping that man and using that man. We want to talk about his God. We want to talk about his politics, though. We want to talk about his struggles. But let's talk about his God. And so let's go a little further here. God's mind in us also affects humanity. It affects our attitudes, our feelings, our moods, our passions, our inclinations, and our perspective. These things can be described by words, but they are not words, okay, just words. They develop through a combination of knowledge and experience most frequently within our relationship. We really cannot relate to uh, anything, but we can relate to our awesome, amazing, incredible God and other human beings. With God's mind, which is always on the side of humanity, we can have a relationship, a relationship with God and multiple people of color. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Each other and all men, even persecutors and evildoers, you know, our fellowships, uh, 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 because God died for everybody, amen. Uh, we don't have to participate. We don't have to partake of their sins or their lusts or their sensual pleasures, nor their social intercourse or work or play or interactions with God's mind in us. We are totally against all of that. From these experiences, these mental, emotional, and attitudinal aspects of the mind beyond mere words creates and develops a desire for God's mind to be in all believers. So if I'm preaching the gospel to you and that's not the effect it's having on you, I need to sit down and be quiet. Ought to be some change. Ought to be some change. You know, it creates or to create and develop a desire for God's mind to be in all believers as it happens. Nothing actually is produced that has form or weight or can be measured but only by God's mind, his thoughts, his wisdom, his ways, rather than, uh, rather it is knowledge gleaned from experience and it is accompanied by God's God personally and actively working and creating to enable us to accomplish our part in carrying out his will. That's what the mind of Christ is for, to carry out his will, to think like him. Seek first his way of doing things, his perspective on things. The book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 33. And he'll add all these things to you. What things? Things that matter to you. God is concerned about them. But he said, look, I want things that matter to me more than I want things that matter to you. I know what's best for you. Trust me. Let my mind be in you. Let my thoughts be in you. Bring yours in agreement with my will for you. It'll prosper you. It'll do you good in the long run, says the Lord. He says, look, accomplish our part in, by, in it by carrying out his will. And remember what Paul said now in the book of Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. He says this, but, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. When we please him, he pleases us. <clears throat> Not the other way around. Everything he creates operates by his divine laws his thoughts, his intentions, his purpose, and his plan, you know. And he has purpose before the foundation of the world in this age 
Now the word of God is also the mind of God, both in forms of logos, the written word, and the word of rhema, which is the living word, the living word of God. And it does so because it came from his infinite, wonderfully, orderly, organized mind. It is a reflection of what his mind is like because this is the way he is. That's why we worship God for who he is. Not for who we make him, but for who he is. And his word has declared who he is. He is a law-abiding God, law-keeping and law-fulfilling, one-of-a-kind God. You can't compare him to nobody else. Get this mind in you. <clears throat> nobody like him. Nobody. Nobody like God. And listen at what he says, man, about his thoughts about us, his mind about us. He says, um, you know, in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11, the King James Bible, and I'm getting ready to bring this in. He says, they knew, I'm sorry. He says right here, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. Okay, to bring you to an expected end that you might have a hope and a future. Not just you, but you got seed hanging on to you. You got seed, seed that want to be blessed. Yeah. That's why when you go back to Ecclesiastes, he said, look, start early in life. Remember your creator. Teach your young siblings. Teach your young seed. Teach your grandchildren. Teach your children about God so that they can have that hope and that future. Get the mind of God developed in them early. Get the love of God developed in them early. Keep it before them. Teach it to them just like the book of Deuteronomy says. Share it with them. You know. God's mind is absolutely undivided. We heard a comment this morning about a double-minded person. Unstable in all their ways. Two minds. One in Egypt. And one out of Egypt. Mind you, the Israelites. God used Moses to deliver them out. He told them when he went, told Pharaoh what God's mind was. He said, but he said, Lord, who did I tell him? Sent me. You tell him I am that I am sent you. And it worked. And it worked. Moses didn't go in his mind. He went in God's mind. Told him exactly what he said. That's God's mind. Tell him what God said. Tell the world what God said. Preach and teach what God said. That's his mind. That's how you get his mind in you. Took him 10 trips, but eventually, man, Pharaoh heard it, resonated with him. Why? Because what God said ain't coming back void. It might take a season or two, but it's not coming back void. And they came out of Egypt, crossed the Red Sea. God still working miracles. Why? Because Moses still got the mind of God, leading him in the promised land. Moses saw that water. He said, God, what do I do now? Lay that rod, lay that staff down. Bam, he grabbed what God told me to do, and he did it. The mind of God was still in him, leading them out. Now, their minds were still back in Egypt. You brought us out here to die, to perish in this wilderness, drown in this water. When God bring you out physically, look to him to uh, explain and teach you what happens spiritually. When I got my diagnosis from cancer, man, hey, I, I was ready. I was like, God, how can this be happening to me? He said, I'm taking you to another level of faith. 
You've been praying for people to be healed, but you've never really been healed of anything like this before. <clears throat> you're not going to die. The book of Psalm chapter 118, verse 17, but you're going to declare the work to the Lord. And look at what happened. We end up with a prayer coach. And I'm still preaching and teaching the gospel because he said I was not going to die. But I was going to do what I'm doing right now. Run my big mouth about Jesus. Get my mind renewed in the things of God so that when I open my mouth, you ain't going to hear about me. You're going to hear about him. He's going to be lifted up. Trying to line my thoughts up with his will for me. Trying to get you to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Letting this mind in Christ Jesus operate in me. Operate in you. Tell you it's possible. Tell you how it can be. God's mind is absolutely undivided. So if you got them thoughts all out through yonder, mm -hmm. let God renew your mind. In, in practical application, this means that his, star, his sovereignty can never be separated from his love. So if it can't be separated from God's love, you can't be separated from God's love if you belong to him. Okay. You know, his grace cannot be separated from his omniscience. His judgment cannot be separated from either his mercy or his wrath. You know, God is absolutely constant in whatever he does. If he says something, he going to do it because his faith, he's faithful. You know, his providence is faithful. He's already figured this thing out. You don't have to work, try to figure it out. God has already worked it out. You know, can't be separated from any of his other attributes. God is whole and complete, you know, under every circumstance. He don't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, Bible tells us God is the same. He does not change. He does not change. The book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 8, he does not change. Okay, okay. what the circumstance is. He is always headed in the same and the right and the just direction, the legal direction, the moral and ethical direction which is to complete his eternal and everlasting purpose and plan for all of his creation. So don't lie on God when something go wrong. You know, it is absolutely impossible for him to do anything that is not wise at the same time loving. If he loves us, he'll chasing us. So it's still love. It is he who tells us how to live and how to be like him. Nobody else. What God is has as awesome ramification for us because we are not, we are so different and he wants us to be with him, like him and to be one with him and to be whole and to be complete and to be undivided in our mind like him. While a double-minded person is all unstable in all their ways. One mind, you know. To be victorious in him and not victims of the folly of this world or the foolishness of this world. You know, of this present evil age and world order. Don't buy into that stuff. It's going to pass away. There are problems here because becoming this way requires a measure of cooperation from us compared to God. Our minds can't be all over the place. And thus, we are so easily distracted from our focus. And we go back to where we originally started at. You know. Only what we do for the Lord is what's going to matter in the end. That's the only thing that's going to count. Only what we do for God. Only what we do for God. Only what we do for God. You know, God's mind over what matters. That's the only key right there. God's mind over matters. You know, we labor. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, chapter 23, verse 4 through 5, the King James Bible, isn't it this? You know, everything we do and everything we feel originates in our minds as thought. 
These thoughts form perspectives and influences over our decisions. Decisions then lead us to or prevent us from action or behavior, certain behavior. The pattern of thoughts we choose to entertain and focus on shape the quality of our lives. Listen at this. Labor not to be rich. Cease from thine own wisdom. Labor not to be rich. Cease from thine own wisdom. Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven. Never going to get there, but at least they fly in that direction. Riches will take you high, but it won't take you to heaven. He said it's more difficult for a camel to go through an avenue for a rich man to get into heaven. Book of Proverbs, chapter 23, verse 4 through 5, you know, lays that out, man. Goes on to say here, man, he says, look, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. Speak not in the ears of a fool. But he will despise the wisdom of thy words. Don't cast your pearls among swine. But their redeemer is mighty, and he shall plead their cause with thee. Apply thine heart unto instructions, and thine ears to the words of knowledge, so you don't perish. Get you a vision. Get you some knowledge that leads you to a vision, because people perish for a lack of knowledge and a lack of vision. Book of Proverbs, chapter 29, verse 18, verse 19, King James Bible. My son, if thine heart be wise, my heart shall rejoice, even mine. Yea, my reign shall rejoice, my inner part shall rejoice when thy lips speak right things. Can't without the mind of God, his thoughts, being in agreement with his will. Let not thine heart envy sinners. You don't want what they got anyway. You don't cover that stuff. But be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. For surely there is an end, an expected end. And thine expectation shall not be cut off. Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart in the way, says the Lord. He says, by the truth, by the truth, by the truth, by the truth. Put them books back on that table. Put them products back. <clears throat> Get your Bible. That's all you need. Invest in your good, holy King James Bible. And he said, and buy the truth in doing so, and sell it not. Don't try to turn no profit off of your preaching and your teaching. Also, wisdom and instruction and understanding. Get all that too. It'll prosper you in the long run. And he says, thy father and thy mother shall be glad, and she that bears thee shall rejoice, my son. Give me thine heart, and let thine eyes observe my ways. Make the mind of Christ. Let it be in you. Let it be in you, said the Lord. Let the mind of Christ be also in you as we move to close. Amen. He says here, you know, as I'm closing, as I'm closing, let me read you the last verses out of the book of Ezekiel. This is the book of Ezekiel. Love this book. Chapter 8. Verses 3 through 8, verses 10 through 18, the King James Bible, and I'm closing after this, but I want you to hear this. And he put forth the form of a hand and took me by a lock of my head, and the Spirit lifted me up between the earth and heaven and brought me in the vision of God to Jerusalem. 
to the door of the inner gate that looketh toward the north, where was the seat of the image of jealousy, which provoketh to jealousy, and behold, the glory of God of Israel was there, according to the vision that I saw in the plain. Then said he unto me, Son of man, lift up thine eyes now, the way toward the north. So I lifted up mine eyes, the way toward the north, and behold, northward at the gate of the altar, this image of jealousy in the entry. And he said furthermore unto me, Son of man, seest thou what they do? Even the great abominations that the house of Israel committed here, that I should go far, go far off from my sanctuary. But turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations. And he brought me to the door of the court, and when I looked, behold, a hole in the wall. And then said he, and then said he unto me, Son of man, dig now in the wall. And when I had digged in the wall, behold, a door. So I went in and saw, and behold, every form of creeping thing, the abominable beast, and all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed upon the wall round about. And there stood before them 70 men of the ancients of the house of Israel. And in the midst of them stood Jehozaniah and the son of Sapham, with every man his center in his hand and a thick cloud of incense went up. Then said he unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen what the ancients of the house of Israel do in the dark? Every man in the chambers of his image. For they say, the Lord seeth us not. The Lord hath forsaken the earth. He said unto me, turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations that they do. And then he brought me to the door of the gate of the house of, of the Lord's house, which was toward the north. And behold, there sat women weeping for Tamar. Then said he unto me, Hast thou seen this, O son of man? Turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations than these. And he brought me into the inner court of the Lord's house, and behold, at the door of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, were about five and twenty men with their backs toward the temple of the Lord and their faces toward the east, and they worshiped the sun toward the east. And then he said unto me, Hast thou seen this, O son of man? Is it a light thing to the house of Judah that they commit the abominations which they commit here? For they have filled the land with violence and have returned to provoke me to anger, and lo, they put the branch to their nose. Therefore will I also deal in fury, mine eyes shall not spare, neither will I have pity. And though thy cry in mine ears with a loud voice, yet will I not hear them. And so what in the world is God saying here? He says, look, because you lack the mind of God, you can't discern the times and the season that you're living in. Because you can't use your understanding. You can't figure this out. You have to let the mind of Christ Jesus be also in you so that when the Lord speaks, look here, son of man. Tell me what you see. Put me in remembrance of what you see. You can't do it without letting the mind of Christ be also in us. I don't care how much college education you got. I don't care how many seminaries you've been to. 
don't care how many titles you assign to yourself. I don't care how many brotherhoods appoint you to be a pastor. If you cannot uh, discern the things of God because you lack the mind of Christ Jesus because you've been so busy building your own little church, your own little empire, your own little congregation, that you haven't had time to lay on your face and get in the presence of God so that your mind can be transformed. Come on, somebody. You've got to study the word of God. You've got to be diligent to study the word of God and show yourself approved unto God, not unto your peers, not unto your own self, but unto God so that you can rightly discern the word of God. You can rightly divide the word of God. Cut that word straight. We don't like this kind of preaching. We don't like this kind of exposure right here. But this is what God showed to the prophet Ezekiel, and it's appropriate for what's going on right now. Amen. And I want God to keep this in my mind that I don't fall into the ditch, that I don't lead people into the ditch. I want to be able myself, my God, to look at my own self and examine my own self against the word of God, that I may continue my God, to have the mind of Christ in me, to have that moral standard, that ethical high ground, do everything that's pleasing in his sight. Amen. As he instructs us, as he teaches us, if you're going to be a preacher, then let's first be partakers of what we're preaching and what we're teaching. Let's live what we preach. Let's just don't preach it and think that's going to do it. God is watching and he's not pleased right now because his people are still falling away. His people are still dying and not being not saved because we are afraid. We're afraid to get ourselves clean. We'll dress up. We'll put it, we'll put some robes on. We'll do all kinds of things. We'll put makeup on. We'll put suits on. And you got these abominations standing up in the holy place. And God is saying you don't have the mind of Christ. You got your own mind, your own way of doing things. You add a little bit of this and a little bit of that. All these programs right now, God did not sanction those programs to be there. It's entertainment. Take it to Hollywood. Get it out of the house of God. He wants to clean his house. So it represents him. So that when you hear somebody speaking, they're speaking from the mind of God, the thoughts of God concerning his people. You're telling them what the thoughts of God is towards you. And how can you know his thoughts if you don't study his word? And so he's calling for it. He's calling for it. Said the world is still cursed, yet to be restored. The body of Christ still falling short, yet to be restored. You know, things we are allowing to go because we don't have the mind of Christ. God's mind over matter. And only what we do for the Lord is what's going to matter in the end. I'm going to end right here. And so for those of you out there right now that heard this word, if you still feel like you're lost, let the word be the plumb line. Let the word be the standard. Not what somebody tell you. I don't care how many hours you got logged in. If you haven't spent time with God and God have not sanctified you with his word, his word is truth. The book of John chapter 17, verse 17, Jesus prayed for all those that the father had given to him. And he prayed that he would sanctify them with his word because his word was truth, consecrated, separated for a sacred purpose, meat for the master's use. That's who we are, counted for sheep and slaughtered every day, dying daily putting ourselves, our feelings, our emotions under us so that God's thought can come forth and his people will be fed, his sheep will be fed because they know God loves them because of what they're being fed. They're growing by it. They're maturing by it.
living by, the trusting it because it's God's holy word. All right then, well, I'm gonna end right there. And so for those of you that are out there right now, like I said, you feel lost, you feel like you wanna come back because you left God. Maybe you got mad at the church. Maybe you got mad at your bishop, your apostle, or I don't know, maybe you got mad at the first lady, but something drove you to leave and you wanna come back. Not the building, the building can't save nobody. But you can become a member of the body of Christ right where you at. If you're listening to us right now, you're a member of this body of Christ right here. It's creating a prayer culture for God. But we want you to be right with God, not right necessarily with man, but with God. And you can easily fix that and remedy that by just repenting and say, God, forgive me. Forgive me. I repent. I repent of my sins, God. I want, I want my present relationship to be restored with you. I don't want to live under this curse out here in this world. I want to be restored by you. I want to know you personally, intimately. God, I want you to reveal yourself to me. That I don't have to go through no man or no woman, no title. But I want to know you for myself, intimately. I want to know you the way everybody else say they know you. I want my walk to be to be solid and firm before you, God, and only to please you. Because I found this impossible to please people. They turn on you. They disappoint you. They lie to you. They take advantage of you. They deceive you, Lord. They trick you. They beg for your money, God. And for those out there who are prodigal sons and daughters, you, you turned 18 and you felt like you want to go out on your own. You got too many 15, 16-year-old kids running around out here in the streets right now with guns and all kinds of stuff, man, thinking they grown. Your allegiance is to some game. And we wonder, how did they get that way? How did they get that way? This message is for them young people right now. The Lord said in the last days, and I'm banking on this, he's going to pour out his spirit on those young people. They're going to prophesy. He said in the book of Luke, chapter 11, verse 26, that the children of this age will become more wiser than the children of life. We the ones who fail. We fail them and we fail God. We run around playing politics and we running around, man, with all these other things going on in our lives. Worried about how we look and how we dress and who gonna, you know, all this competition, man. Building bigger churches, but not bigger believers in the churches. I like small churches. You know, because the biggest thing should be in there is believers. Not the building, but the believers in there. And so for you, you, you prodigal sons and daughters, it, it's good to come back. You can come back. God still loves you. He didn't throw you away. People did, but God did. God did. They don't want you in there anyway. You got a drug problem. They want to select people that dress like them, drive what they drive, you know, got them hundred and two hundred thousand dollars salary jobs. But Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. You know, big old church is just a place for sinners to hide, I believe. So what if you got a reserved seat because you were $10,000 tithe? Have you given God any your time? Have you given God anything towards your personal relationship, any devotion? You know, are you committed to him? Are you committed to, you know, your, your bishop or your apostle? All right then, well, I'm gonna go ahead and pray right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus. We thank and praise you, Lord God, for this word today. We thank and praise you for the ears of the hearers out there that heard this word. We're thanking and praising you for the return on it right now. We're thanking and praising you, Lord, that it will not come back void. We're thanking and praising you that someone is making a change right now for the better, for a better future in you, God, because now they know your thoughts toward them. And your thoughts toward them is to prosper them. Your thoughts toward them, Lord, is to give them a hope and a future that they will have a better end 
And so, Father, I'm praying that right now somebody's repenting and returning, asking you for forgiveness. Can't wait to build a relationship with you and make it personal and intimate, that they might know you, God, in the pardon of their sins. I pray right now, God, for the lost. I pray for the backsliders. I pray for the prodigal sons and daughters. I pray for the mature and the immature right now, that decisions are being made right now that's going to bring them to a better place in you, a better walk before you. And so, Father, I thank you now. Let the mind of Christ Jesus be also in everyone that heard this message today. God, I pray for transformed lives and transformed minds right now. I pray for eyes to be open that we may behold and see wondrous things of your plan of salvation. Let this be a day, God, that the mind of God take over our minds, our thoughts. Let our thoughts come in agreement and line up with your will, your purpose, and your plan. Thank you for the renewing of minds right now. Thank you, Lord, God, that the mind of God be over all the matters concerning man right now, all the issues. God. Let it rise to another level. Let our thinking go to another level. Let us be renewed, God, by your word today. And let us be fully persuaded in the spirit of our mind. We counsel double-minded this right now. We counsel, God, false teaching right now, false prophecy. We root them up right now in the name of Jesus, and we order them out of the life of your people. If you did not plant it there, God, we root it up now in the spirit realm. We command it to, to, to go right now in Jesus' name. And we thank you right now. Let this word today purify the minds of your people. Let it sanctify them because that word is truth. Lord, I thank you that they are freed right now. Let them go forth and stand fast in the liberty where Christ has made them free. And do not be entangled with the yoke of bondage again. For it is for the sake of freedom that you're freeing them right now. That others might be free. And so we give you the praise and glory and honor. We love you today. We thank you in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen, amen. and amen. Well, yes. thank you for hanging in there. Amen. There's more to come. Get back on tomorrow morning at 06. Get the rest of it. Amen. We're going to keep running it. You know, we want God's mind to take over. We want your thoughts to come in alignment in agreement with his will. And we're going to teach it and we're going to preach it until that change takes place. Amen. But you got to be there. You can join us in the morning at 6 a.m. Amen. You can go listen to this again and be out there posting sometime today. You can go listen to it again. Saturate your mind with it until you begin to see and experience the change. Amen. And 6 o'clock in the morning. Amen. 6 o'clock every morning. Just dial in 712-775-085-123-218. Pound. And you in. And be blessed. Come back on Wednesday night at 7.30, Hour Power Prayer. Come back again on Thursday night, 7.30 for the Wisdom Call, especially tailored for wisdom for you, Bible study and prayer. And be there every Sunday morning, 10.30 for worship and the Word of God followed at 11 o'clock. Hey, we love you guys, man. Again, that number is 712-775-7085-123-218 pounds. And you in, it'll be a blessing to you to change your life. All right, then, let the mind of Christ be also in you. Where a man think of in his heart, so is he. Got to get that mind renewed. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll talk to you later.